<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast for Wednesday, April 22nd, Earth Day. I am Kyle Hilliard. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. Far Cry 3's Voss might be making a return. Fortnite is finally on the Google Play Store. There is a Crash Bandicoot mobile game from the makers of Candy Crush. That feels left field. NVIDIA's GeForce Now game streaming service loses some big titles, and Valorant gets a big patch. Michael Mondo, who played Voss in Far Cry 3, teases a potential return of the character. These days, Michael Mondo is probably best known for playing the character Nacho in the show Better Call Saul, but in my heart, he will always be Voss from Far Cry 3. That's where he first made an impact on me, and in a recent Reddit AMA, he teased a potential return for the character. User Justabeerda on Reddit asked Mondo, do you still get recognized as Voss, or do more people see you as Nacho now? And Mondo replied, Thank you so much. Voss is my spirit animal. Having co-created that character is something that will always be dear to me. I still get recognized as Voss, and I still feel the outpouring of love for that character. Makes me very happy. Who knows? Maybe I will reprise the role very soon. Then he's got an emoticon of the, the colon with the P, you know, sticking out the tongue. Thank you for watching XO. Voss appeared on the cover of Far Cry 3, and many of the trailers leading up to the game's release prominently featured the character, delivering memorable monologues, like his one all about the definition of insanity. He is easily the game's standout character, and it is thanks in huge part to Mondo's manic performance. Voss is basically the Joker, but on a tropical island. I have no idea what Mondo could be teasing here, but if I had to guess about some kind of continuation of the character, I would put my money on some kind of Far Cry 3 prequel. It's a bit too early for a Far Cry 3 remake, though it is arguably the series' most successful entry, and a current or next-gen port probably wouldn't require Mondo to return to the character. So if we really want to extrapolate this tease into something huge and exciting, I would say the next Far Cry, Far Cry 6, which we're about due for because Far Cry New Dawn, which was a Far Cry 5 spinoff released in February 2019, is going to be a prequel to Far Cry 3. Maybe it takes place on the same island and follows Voss's evolution into the maniac he would eventually become in Far Cry 3. You know, like a real Red Dead Redemption 2 Dutch Vanderlyn style exploration. I would be all about that. I really like Voss and Far Cry 3, but I am probably getting ahead of myself. It's probably something much smaller. But if Mondo is returning to Voss at some capacity, then that's pretty exciting. Fortnite is now, reluctantly, available on the Google Play App Store. 
Fortnite has been playable on Android devices for some time, but it has not been downloadable through the Google Play Store as Epic wanted to avoid the revenue cut Google takes from all the games and applications it sells through its store. That changed recently, though it seems Epic was reluctant to finally put the game in Google's storefront. Lucas Matney reported on Fortnite's appearance in the Google Play Store for TechCrunch, writing, After 18 months of harsh rhetoric regarding platform gatekeeping, Epic Games says that Fortnite is now available for download on the Google Play Store, though it will still be downloadable from Fortnite.com moving forward. Google puts software downloadable outside of Google Play at a disadvantage through technical and business measures such as scary, repetitive security pop-ups for downloaded and updated software, restrictive manufacturer and carrier agreements and dealings, Google public relations characterizing third-party software sources as malware, and new efforts such as Google Play Protect to outright block software obtained outside the Google Play Store, an Epic Games spokesperson said in a statement. Because of this, we've launched Fortnite for Android on the Google Play Store. Epic Games withholding Fortnite from the Play Store was a very clear threat to Google's app profits, though Google argued that downloading Android software outside of the Play Store presented a clear security threat to users who could unknowingly download malware from less reputable sites. Epic Games' founder, Tim Sweeney, has always been incredibly open about his distaste for how various digital storefronts demand substantial cuts of sales profits, and as a result, the Epic Game Store, as well as Epic's recent publishing efforts with studios like Remedy, Gen Design, and Playdead, take comparably much smaller cuts from sales on its storefronts. And, expectedly, game makers really like it, and I don't blame them. I appreciate Epic and Sweeney putting their foot down, at least for a little while, to protest Google in this way, but it is also unfair to those who just want to easily play Fortnite on their Android devices. So, I understand why Epic has finally, reluctantly, put the game on the store. King, the creators of Candy Crush, released a Crash Bandicoot mobile game. Maybe this was something that was announced that just totally passed me by, but King, the juggernaut developer behind Candy Crush and a dozen or so other highly successful mobile games, soft-launched a Crash Bandicoot mobile game yesterday. Activision, who owns the Crash Bandicoot IP, acquired King in 2016, but the relationship hasn't bore much fruit yet, or wampa fruit, I guess I should say, other than Activision likely raking in a substantial portion of the money from King's library of mobile games. Cleverly titled Crash Bandicoot Mobile, the game is playable on Android devices right now. There is a store link in the show notes, but it looks like a pretty standard endless runner. Very reminiscent of Subway Surfers, which is one of those mobile games older gamers like me might not be super familiar with, but I can almost guarantee you that every kid in elementary school has played it. There are three tracks to run down and you can swipe left and right to change tracks or swipe up to jump over obstacles or swipe down to slide under them. And then you can tap the screen to spin. It's not particularly exciting or novel or unique But the animation is really good, and even though this game feels like a reaction to the trend of mobile endless runners, credit where it is due because Crash really kind of pioneered that style of gameplay, so he does not look out of place in the genre. He seems very comfortable running down a track like this. 
It's pretty safe to assume that this game likely uses frustrating free-to-play mechanics, but when it officially launches to wider platforms like iPhone, I would be lying if I said I wasn't going to download it and try it. I think King and Candy Crush gets a bad rap, sometimes deservedly for its free-to-play and microtransaction shenanigans, but I will argue that in terms of match-three-style gameplay, Candy Crush is really well-designed and undeniably fun. It wouldn't be the massive success it is if it wasn't fun. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So... What makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. NVIDIA's GeForce streaming service is losing Xbox Game Studios and Warner Brothers games, among others. One of the quieter competitors in the race to become the Netflix of video games with game streaming is NVIDIA and its GeForce Now cloud streaming service. The big advantage of NVIDIA's GeForce Now service is that it lets you stream games you already own on Steam, but the service is getting a little less attractive on April 24th when it is no longer going to be able to stream Microsoft Games Studios, Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment, Codemasters, and Clay Entertainment Games. Nick Statt reported on the announcement for The Verge and wrote, The news is another blow for GeForce Now, which differs from Google Stadia by letting subscribers stream games from their existing Steam libraries on a remote PC. NVIDIA's model has been controversial because it does not involve publishers selling separate licenses of games for access in the cloud. Yet, due to agreements... Yet due to agreements NVIDIA has with those game publishers and likely out of caution for licensing disputes, NVIDIA does not support games on GeForce Now without the express permission of the publisher that owns the intellectual property. In the same way I have been rooting for Google Stadia, I have also been rooting for NVIDIA GeForce Now. I have a little more faith in Google to technically pull off the promise of game streaming, but I really like NVIDIA GeForce Now's promise of giving you access to the library of games that you already own. I was in the beta for GeForce Now, and I tried it extensively a few months ago, and generally found it to be fine. A few hiccups here and there, but overall, it worked well enough. I don't know what the future of the service looks like, losing this handful of publishers and developers, but I am still hopeful. Losing games like Halo, Mortal Kombat, and the Batman Arkham games is a bummer, but I don't think it's a deal-breaker. I guess time will tell. Valorant's closed beta gets a patch. So, 
here's the thing about this segment. I don't know if it is interesting. I predict Valorant is going to take over the world. Maybe you could argue it already has, but it is also in closed beta. So I don't know how many people who listen to this podcast are actively playing it. I was able to get in thanks to Riot opening the door for me. Thanks, Riot. But let me know if this is just too nitty gritty for a game that is technically not even out yet. Table setting aside, Valorant got its first big balancing patch recently. Riot Games' Jeff Landa shared a blog post about patch version 0.47 writing, Hey, look at us. Patch notes in a closed beta. Who would have thought? This short and sweet patch addresses the giant rays in the room, cameras that somehow learned to shoot, and some map updates. Rays is lethal, no doubt, and we predict savvy players will perform better against her over time. Still, we made some light changes that should bring Raze's offensive pressure closer to the other agents. We're also buffing melee to give players in the early rounds a better way to deal with Sage's barrier orb, while still making it a calculated risk. Don't worry, Sage mains, your slow orb now slows those bunny hoppers too. And we're booting the phrase camera gun back to English spy films where it belongs. The camera gun is, is actually a thing that I have run into where you start a match and there is just a gun in your field of view. It was very strange and frankly, I will miss it. Most of the actual patch notes are very specific balancing things like reducing damage output of certain attacks or making them stronger. Riot has a nice template where they say what it is patching and then offers a paragraph explaining why the change is being made. It's all pretty standard stuff, but a nice reminder that the game is being watched very closely by Riot. I like looking at patch notes in general, even for games I am not super familiar with, because sometimes you just read the absolute strangest sentences. For example, Remedy released patch notes for Control this morning, and the first note reads... Fixed the issue where the golden cube in the astral toilet is not respawned right away if Jesse throws it away. I have played a lot of Control, and even to me, that may be one of the strangest collection of words ever committed to a sentence. But over in Finland, there was a group of very smart developers at Remedy who identified that specific problem and took its fix very seriously. And fix it, they did. Here's what released today. Yakuza Kiwami is out today on Xbox One. The Yakuza series is slowly making its way to the Xbox after years of being a PlayStation-exclusive series, and it's kind of a toss-up between Yakuza Kiwami and Yakuza Zero in terms of which represents the best starting point for Yakuza newcomers. Yakuza Zero, narratively, takes place before Yakuza Kiwami, existing as the canonical starting point for the story of the series, but Yakuza Kiwami is a remake of the first Yakuza game that released for PlayStation 2 in 2005. So, for longtime Yakuza fans, Yakuza Kiwami generally represents a version of their starting point. Both Zero and Kiwami are on Xbox One now, so you can't really go wrong either way if you're an Xbox player looking to get into the series. Also out today is Sound Self, a technodelic, which is one of those projects that kind of walks the line between video game and art project, as far as I can tell. I haven't played it myself, but it's a VR game that creates visualizers and insane animations based on your voice. On its Steam page, its description reads, An exhilarating journey into altered states of consciousness powered by your own voice. 
explore a hypnotic world of light, color, and sound. Emergent music harmonizes with you as you navigate through strobing tunnels of light, impossible shapes, and deep into a meditative trance. It sounds pretty intense, but it's out today on Steam. That's it for video game news today. I mentioned a few episodes ago the movie Atari Game Over and how I watched it at a Comic-Con, and I closed out the segment saying it was pretty good, a review that I stand by, but I wasn't sure where you could watch it, and Adam Cohen, at SirBron227 on Twitter, reached out to tell me that it is on Amazon Prime, and I can confirm. If you have Amazon Prime, it's up there to watch as part of your subscription, and I would go so far as to say that you should. If you have corrections or just feedback in general, feel free to send me some tweets or DMs to either at Kylam Hilliard or at Gaming Ride Home. The DMs are open on both of those accounts. Or you can send an email to kyle at ridehome.info and please consider leaving a review for the podcast wherever you listen to it. I know I ask you to do that in every episode, but, you know, it helps out the podcast, so I appreciate it. You can also check out my Twitch account, Kyle Impersonator, where I am playing through Resident Evil Code Veronica X right now for the first time. Never played Code Veronica until now. And you can find me on the MinMax show for more long-form video game discussion. I will talk to you more about video games tomorrow. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.